Hello and welcome to One Up in Events podcast, the events industry podcast that shares event professionals' experiences of what they have gone through that has helped them one up in their events career. This podcast is a fun and informal way to learn from industry peers and I hope inspires you to one up in your career too. I'm your host, event professional and influencer, Nicola Root. I have a treat for you today. I am so excited to be speaking to an incredible growth specialist for our industry, Max Fellows. Max is one of the most passionate people in events and what I would describe as an event idol. Max has spent the last 14 years working in this industry and has successfully helped grow many event agencies, brands and businesses. He truly understands what is essential for business to develop and to be successful. Last year, Max started his very own consultancy business, is the co-founder of the Virtual Events Directory and also co-founded Elevate, the industry's largest mentoring and training provider. I've known Max for years and it's always lovely to bump into him at networking events. He's such a calm and friendly nature, always willing to help and offers great advice. I have loved hearing Max present on stage. He is keen to share his knowledge and insights and I know you will all find this talk empowering today. I'm looking forward to finding out more about what experience Max has gone through and has helped him accelerate and one up in his events career. Welcome, Max, to the One Up in Events podcast. No, you stop it, hey? But do it again. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I could keep going if you like. What? Just keep going. Stop. No, keep going. No, brilliant. (laughs) Lovely to be here, Nick. Thank you very, very much. And what an incredible introduction. Flattered, slightly blushing, but really appreciated. I mean, everything I say, I've been following you for years and just think, God, I'd love to be like Max one day. So thank you. And thank you for everything you do for the industry. Even though you say that, I still think to myself, it's not enough. Not enough. I almost don't warrant that kind of introduction, but it's heartfelt and it's a little bit kind of giggly schoolgirl when you do hear it because you think oh actually I've, I've done a bit of that that's a bit of me look at no, that no you have and I'm so excited to find out what your sort of three experiences you'd like yeah. to share today so let what's the first thing or experience you've gone through that has made you one up in your career I thought this was a really when you asked me to do this uh, to join and appreciate the invite I thought it was a really interesting conversation topic. And on a side note, someone else had posed one to me recently. And that's if you were to write a letter to your 10 year old self, what would it be? So there's been huge amounts of reflection and thought and all of this kind of yeah thinking. And yeah, I, I came up with three that I know that they're, they're definitely, they've definitely had an impact on me and hopefully they have been some of the fuel that's helped me kind of kick on and drive. I'm very driven, yeah, just in my very nature. So it's mm. just things that have, I suppose, fueled that fire. But I wanted to start with a really quick story about how I got into events. And I suppose yes, it gives the, uh, the audience a bit of an understanding as to what makes me tick a bit. But unlike, or shall I say, like nearly the entire industry, is that I didn't, oh, I didn't even go to university. So I was in college and my background is sports, so very much was a personal trainer, was a nutritionist and things like that. And was was thinking that was my kind of career and was doing it for a few years and doing it well. And it was one night actually at a sports awards where I got talking to a chap called John Harris, who's actually still holds a couple of Olympic records in shot put and javelin, but he's in a wheelchair and he's just done the most incredible things. So we clicked and hit it off incredibly well. 
And subsequently, he introduced me to someone else who was in the events industry. And he just said, look, you need to partner up, collaborate, do something together. So, you know, me being very keen in, in my late teens, mm -hmm. early 20s and things, I was like, okay, the events industry sounds interesting. I've done sports for a bit and there's a limit based on your time and personal training. So I wanted to give it a go. So I spoke to the owner of this agency and he said, oh, no, lovely to introduce anyone that John Harris talks about in that way. I should definitely meet up. So he spoke on the phone. He said, look, I haven't got an opportunity this month or this moment, but give me a call back next month and we'll see how it goes. So I called him every Friday at the end of every <laughs> month, 14 months. And I thought nothing of it because I just generally thought that's what you did. If someone says, oh, give us a call in a month or so, that's what you do. And it was on the 14th month that he said, F me, you are consistent and also persistent. Look, there's actually something I think, you know, if you, if you take this approach to, to the way that you work and, and deal with clients and things and show that kind of much resilience, then look, I'm sure we can find a space. And, and that was into my first role uh, in the events industry. And it was just testimony to kind of the power of network, but also being persistent and, and where it can kind of get you if someone says gives a shout follow it up it really does and, and that's how that's that's changed now the last 13 14 years of my entire life is, is just being a, a bestie bugger but following up that call and, and I, I laugh about it with him now all the time but it was that kind of persistence that, that got me into it oh yeah it's amazing and you've got like great resilience like just to keep going but i loved it as well because it comes back to you believed in yourself and you had something you know you wanted to give and I think that's a really great story and it got you there in the end. I think that's brilliant. It did, it did, it did in the end. And honestly, it was that that made the kind of the backbone of me in sales. And I started off very much in sales. Yeah, I, I used, used to do quite a bit of sales in the sports side of things. And just that resilience, I suppose, has been really client focused. But that resilience, I think, is, is what definitely did me. So that was the run in. So I've got a couple of stories that, that I can share with you. And I promise I'll be relatively quick as we both no, know that I can talk. So the first, it's in that actual, that, that first agency that there's a, a pinnacle moment I felt that actually kind of defined my early career and also what I believed I was capable of. And that was Mobile World Congress, I can't remember the year, uh, and it was working on the Ericsson Pavilion. So I had, using all that enthusiasm and, and that drive, I'd actually secured clients such as Ericsson, as Google, as Sony, and, and a number of others. And the agency was me and two designers and one of the designers' wives were the accountants. So it's only four of us. However, again, this almost, not naivety, I just suppose I hadn't been in the industry long enough to have been negatively affected by people saying no. No, no was never no. It's just the fact that, that you've not asked the right question in the right way. So I'd secured, so I was the, the sales lead there early on and was there for three or four years. But this was the second year I was there and we'd won the Ericsson Pavilion. And this is a multi-million multi pound pavilion. And it was 2,000 square feet over two floors at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. Oh and so yeah. given the agency's size is that I was the sales lead, I was marketing, but I was also then the client lead, I was a producer, I was production lead and everything <laughs> you can imagine in between. And so... I had some incredible designers with me, don't get me wrong, uh, and we flexed a bit with freelancers when we needed to. But in my, I think I was 22, maybe 23 at the time, kind of on, on we went and we went to deliver it. And this thing was massive. And so I had two production teams, I had a graphics team, 
And it was my first big project. Notably, I'd never done anything of this size before, and it mainly been exhibition stands and, and other bits elsewhere, but nothing to this scale before. And I was running the show at 22, 23, and it was, it was petrifying, exciting, and <laughs> I just thought, you know what? Well, I, I know the project back to front. Why can't yeah, I do, do it? just do it, yeah. So that's it, you just do it. So I did it. So, and we were building for two and a half weeks, I think it was, and the night before the show, we were running about a half day behind. So we were going to have to pull an all-nighter. So I was there, and I'm never one to just watch. So I'm in there getting stuck in and cleaning with the hoover and doing whatever else it is. And at 2.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock, one of the electricians cuts through the mains or does something that affects and then accidentally cuts through the main. So oh my God. We paid, we've had to pay to be in there late anyway. And he cuts through the mains. The only way to get access is going into the exhibition hall. And this is the old Fira, uh, which is locked up. And it opens again when people come on site at 6.37 in the morning to kick the show off. Now, we weren't show ready, so we needed to get the power on. And it's these moments that I think everyone comes across in some way, shape or form. But I was on my own there. I had two production teams looking at me. And just as event professionals do, you go into this weird mode, this mental space of superhero-ness. But at the time, you just think it's the F me. What do I do? Let's get it done. This has to happen. You know, this, this has to happen regardless so yeah it ended up that i'd managed to muster up about 400 euros i'd bribed the security guard to open up the main theater we couldn't get access to it because we didn't have the knowledge locally of how to deal with the big big power boxes that they had so the security guard's cousin was an electrician so another 300 euros went in his pocket and on site he came about 4 15 4 30 we got the power on at about 4 35 and I slept in the cupboard for about 15 minutes whilst we finished up. Client came on site at 8.30 and they never knew. None the wiser. None the wiser. So, just, so that story is just one that, that I recall and I remember like it was yesterday because yeah. at the time I just didn't think anything of it. But looking yeah. back, you think, bloody hell, you know, <laughs> if, I was to scope, if I was to spec that job now, I'd put, I'd put a load of people on it, you know, yeah. the budget would probably be bigger, but a load of people. I have so much respect for different roles now, having lived them, uh, and I did so for a number of other years. But also, you know, just the, the versatility of event professionals to think under pressure, and the, there's just that sense of it's never no, you'll always deliver. No is not an option. You will deliver it. You've just got to find out. And the great thing is, you know, 12, 13 years on, um, it, it, you know, some of those clients are still mates of mine. And we're mates now. There's a couple of the Ericsson guys and stuff. So the Ericsson booth, the one, that, <laughs> the one that unknowingly kind of almost sent me over the edge. But actually, I had a great time and I stayed on the show for the next week. And yeah, client entertained till about three in the morning every night and then back on site at six. But yeah, brilliant time. No, that sounds incredible. What an achievement as well. And an incredible experience for you to have. And I just think, I love that you, you just got to get the job done. And I think that's amazing. And at 22 or 23 to be able to do that. Any problem now that, that comes along, it's that experience that I think genuinely, you know, I really do reflect on and thinking actually that shaped the attitude that I now have in that. Yeah, for sure. Way to get it done. There is always a way. And where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And it's kind of warm and fuzzy and philosophical and things. But actually, you know, we as event professionals are a special breed, I think, and I was never originally one, but having come into the industry, I don't think there are many that can adapt 
and deliver the kind of things that we do as a, a group of professionals. And that in, that in itself, you know, it, it built my confidence. I learned a huge amount from that. And it's then kind of, you know, enabled the foundations to be built to kind of then move on and, and up in my career. And it's so good, isn't it? To have to reflect back and think, that's what's made me, you know, there today. If I hadn't have gone through all of that and pushed yourself as an individual. Oh no, that's brilliant. That's such a good story, Max. And what would you say, what's this, the second thing that's, that's made you one-up in your career? We got to add, I was also managing two other exhibitions at the time at the show, <laughs> but so, someone else was doing them, they were only tiddlers. Um, so the second thing that I wanted, I suppose, to reflect on that, that more and more so has, has had an impact is, is public speaking, I suppose, and, and putting yourself out there. And it's, although anyone like you knows me, you know, it's, I'm quite, quite extroverted and not shy to have an opinion. However, very extroverted, I'd say. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. But a massive compliment. It's it's something that is never done without self reflection, and I think that you know it ties into a lot of people. You know, might refer to it as the imposter syndrome or, or things like that. But but from pitching at an earlier age and as part of the sales, you, you, you're used to performing. I used to love and and almost went into a career kind of in, in, in dramatic and acting and stuff, which definitely helped when it comes to presenting and pitching and things. So, but it's always something that, that I've been really nervous about. You get this weird buzz from it, but you, yeah, you still get nervous. So, you know, going through the last, you know, five, six years of, of speaking, it's to, to speaking four or five people through to keynotes, literally last week, a keynote for over a thousand people, but it was virtually, and I didn't enjoy virtual that much. I much prefer a live <laughs> audience, that's for sure. The thing with the speaking is that everyone has a style, a way of doing it and a personality. And there's no wrong or necessarily right way. There's definite things that you could do that are better, that, that um, engage your audience more effectively, get the story across in a, a more exciting way for sure. But it's that nervousness. And, and, it, and I brought it up as a story because I think there's a need for people to do things that scare them a bit. And it's that speaking that still scares me. So I was running two laptops with two clickers simultaneously on that virtual event uh, on Wednesday last yeah. week. And I, I got to a point before, as I do every time, where the afternoon before you think, oh, you know what, it would have just been easier to have not accepted this because I wouldn't be feeling the, these kind of this anxious and stuff. But now over time, I've managed to take that anxiety and actually make it feel excited. It's the same hormones excitement and anxiety so it's, yeah. it's, it's basically telling yourself actually that's me being excited and actually it's good and, and harnessing that and so it's it, the point I'm, I'm making I suppose it's it's having done so many of these speaking engagements now I still get nervous and it's really important it's not easy you still get nervous but it's getting used to or or helping your mind or convincing your mind then actually it's exciting. You can do it. And there's something to be learned every time. But you need to put yourself into these positions of being out of your comfort zone because that's the only place really you're going to improve that much. So that's the only place really where you learn more about yourself or how you do things. You know, anxiety can be turned to excitement. And, and it's, that, it's that comfort zone, I suppose, is the main point of this. And, and me putting my, myself out of it means that you get used to it. And when you get used to being this place of weird nervousness, exciting, excitedness and things, then and I think that's really where things are either going to, you know, may, may go wrong, but that's okay, failure's all right, but actually more, more often than not, they'll go right and you will, you'll find yourself, you know, propelled to a next level by doing so when you never thought you could possible. So I think that speaking piece for me is, 
is just it's a catalyst almost for for being comfortable in this space of of anxiousness but actually it's excitement yeah it's okay thank you so much for sharing that I think that's fantastic I think so many people look up to you and well you are confident what you do and you believe in what you know you have passion about what you're saying but um, mm. it's just good to know you know we are all human and it's absolutely we get anxious but it's I love how you're saying there like just maybe change that the perception on that anxiety that it is actually excitement so there are loads of tips and tricks that I'm happy to share with anyone if they want to get in touch and things about speaking and, and how to be more impactful in doing it but there's definite ways people will have their own run-ups to it and things like that and I almost have a little kind of set of exercises you do and you get yourself ready for it you know knowing your you're knowing your deck back to front and things like that but it, it still happens and you can convert it you know it's not about imagining your audience naked it's a load of rubbish but, you know it's really important to remember not one person or maybe maybe the miserable old bugger Derek at the back wants you to look like a wally if you get it wrong but 99.9 percent .9 of everyone in there wants it to be a good talk they want you to be exciting they want you to be engaging and when they want that from you, you just need to relax and, and, and know that. And it means that you get excited and it comes across leaps and bounds. It really does when you're passionate about something. And I think it's all of those things combined. I think speaking is something that everyone should do because it, it, I don't know anyone that doesn't get a little bit nervous. And it's, it's the fear of God into a lot of people. But I think it's really good practice. So international speaking and speaking in general, I think something that's really helped me learn about myself and, and the way the, the areas in my comfort zones and, and where I kind of improve or, or how to even self reflect and, and then, you know, review and then improve. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that. For everybody listening, if you ever get to go and sing at Max on stage, do it. You will leave feeling empowered and inspired. In person, I would normally have a number of chocolate bars and sweets as well, oh, as well as then, nice. as well as then a few gifts. And I'm, I'm fairly fairly known for <laughs> for trying to make make talks a bit more engaging and a bit more fun. But I'll always squeeze in a number of gifts in there, whether it's oh. a piano playing cat or whether it's Bernie Sanders sitting on his chair rocking his head back and forth. Uh, <laughs> but I'll also also yeah, engagement mean prizes. So I'll have a number of uh, chocolate bars to bribe the audience. If oh. in doubt, sweets and chocolate. There you yeah. go. Love that. I, that's brilliant. Thanks so much for sharing that. And no worries. Lastly, Max, what is the third thing that you've gone through? I suppose a, a natural continuation, a bit of a segue from that whole piece that we've talked about, about, you know, playing in or out of your comfort zone and things, and that's setting up a business. So, you know, when you mentioned in that intro about setting up this and setting up that and things, it just feels weird hearing it because all I've done is is actually just try and action something that I give a shit about or that that is almost an idea that I'm starting to do anyway and almost formalizing it. So Elevate, for example, way back when was something that we just generally cared about and wanting people to feel more supported in the industry. And, you know, without knowing it, really, we've helped over a thousand people within the events industry now. And it's a fully fledged business that has turned monies, but it's mainly operating as almost a not for profits. It's entirely free. But then the consultancy and more so virtual events directory, but mostly, sorry, the consultancy, the whole process of that and, and COVID's impacted everyone and it had obviously a big impact on myself. But what it also did is it just forced my hand to do something that I've always thought about. And people have always said that you'd absolutely love working for yourself. You're so kind of self-motivated and, and such a self-starter that, that your enthusiasm will see you through it without doubt. And I've always thought, you know what, I like being a partner. I, I like being part of something. I'm a big cultural fan. So, you know, I do a lot of consulting on, on the cultural side of business as well as then the growth side of business. 
So part of a team is something that I thought I really needed. But what's happened is, is like I say, COVID's forced a, an action that I wasn't thinking of, but by doing so has opened up this incredible opportunity now. And it's hard work, a lot of hard work, but it's scary. But actually people, including myself, doubt just how much you know. And I think there's a perception within the industry. You just see a lot of other people who look like they've got their shit together, who are smashing it and agencies that are smashing it and things like that. And one thing about setting up my business and also setting up Elevate is that I get to peek behind the curtains. And, you know, at any one year, we'll have three or four managing directors as mentees. And these people don't have their shit together. And that's okay. But when you've got people that you would normally idolize as being the incredible leaders of the industry, when they're there asking for help and they don't have their shit entirely together, it really, I suppose, awakens you to the fact that actually it's okay to not have every single answer to every single question at that moment in time. But don't ever doubt how much you know and what you're capable of. Yeah. And I think that's the, the biggest thing. Having people around you that, that support you is really important, whether it's, it's kicking your mates up the arse for taking the mick on WhatsApp. And actually, you know, I mentioned on a, a clubhouse room I was hosting the other day is the, the Elon Musk comment about we should have, instead of baby showers, new business showers where you celebrate your friends for their achievements. And I love that because I thought, well, I you know hope, what? I hope you start that. That's We're almost embarrassed by it. But you know what? Actually, we should celebrate each other that bit more. So I just think our industry is just so incredibly close it's so well networked and again people want you to do well so i think that that by starting my business i think it was just this realization that you know what the last 15 years or so just pre and into the events industry is building up this experience and network something i'm a big fan of i've worked hard on and it's really that i say the success of it it's because i give a shit and i would help anyone that asks without a shadow of doubt anyone that i can i will always help and I feel like now it's kind of come back around and, and a few things have just aligned that have meant that, you know what, now perhaps is, is my time. And the whole setting up of a business or, the, or the, the shove due to COVID, this pandemic pivot has actually been the best thing that possibly could have happened because it's made me realise, yes, hard work, like I say, but there's so many amazing people around me in, in our industry. People are so capable, more so than they think. This self-doubt is, is just, just it's so toxic. And people have to be be a little bit more self-confident, believe in yourselves. Like I say, even some of the biggest names in the industry just don't have their shit together, you know, and there's always going to be someone doing it bigger and better. But, you know, we, we talked about playing in this, this gap between, you know, comfort and, and discomfort. And that's where you learn in the same ways that when you're starting something, bit of side hustle that you're growing. You, you have to almost fail a bit whilst for sure being self-confident. But that, that failure is kind of where you learn from. They say, you know, failing is actually twice as important and, and twice as impactful and valuable than, than succeeding. So I think there's a few things like that that I've discovered in a really short period of time that's, that's really enabled me to now be in a place of, you know, I've, the consultancy is going really well and I'm so pleased about it, but I've already got ideas for other things now. And suddenly I, I can see that it, it's, it's difficult, like I said, and I don't want to paint a pretty picture. It's hard work, but it's suddenly achievable. And it's just about having the right idea, the right support, the right mentality around it, and having perhaps gone through a few things that help you build up this, this kind of durability, this uh, thicker skin to do it. But yeah, so without wanting to ramble, I suppose it's the starting of a business or two and getting some 
some personal successes with it. Elevate's five years old now, but because it's a bit more of a not-for-profit, it's not like it's raking in the millions, although I would love for it to do so. We're actually thinking about setting up something quite exciting with it as well, but I, I won't say too much yet. So yeah, so that's, that's the kind of the third part really is to, is to where I've, I've leveled up, I suppose. And I wanted to try and talk about something a bit more recent and hopefully a bit more relevant for people because I know everyone's been so, I don't think anyone's, you know, loved, loved COVID in any way. And some people have been really hard hit and, and it's really testing that resilience, really testing it. But it, it's forced a bit of thinking time and actually it's forced a few things that have meant that it's it's opened up opportunity and it's through having that sudden self-confidence i suppose and i've always been okay with the confidence you know some of it's an act at times but but that's okay because sometimes we have to you know the lipstick effect um not saying i wear lipstick much um but you know a tiny bit on before you get on stage well maybe a bit of blush and maybe at the weekend so yeah but hopefully hopefully that's a there's there's a couple of points in there that, that people take value from and as well as just a bit of a story it's something that actually is a bit insightful and and provides some nuggets of of insight and yeah i don't know even practical that people can think about and and exercise and deliver themselves like max that was just absolutely incredible thank you so much for sharing all your insight i'm absolutely buzzing now and just thank you for being open and i think a lot of people especially now have have that sort of yeah that self-doubt and that imposter syndrome another way yeah but it's just believe in yourself open up what other skills have you got what transferable skills have you got and if you've got a dream and a a goal like go for it and don't be afraid well yeah you're gonna be afraid but i think the thing is is get used to feeling okay with that being petrified and things because afraid of being afraid yeah yeah, once you're comfortable with it you've got a new level so you can push that bit further and it is a constant evolution and if you ever like i said if you ever get comfortable it just means you're not you know you're not in in an area of, of almost self-development and things. Yeah. And if yeah. anyone wants, and I sincerely mean this, if anyone wants to chat or has an idea they want to bounce off, you know, I'm always and have always been, and to your point at the beginning and always will be, you know, here to help, I suppose, and, and to do what I can for others. Because I just think this time around with COVID, my network and things, it's just all fallen into place. I don't think it would have if I was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so be nice to people and help people where you can no that's incredible and i'm sure you're gonna have so many dms and calls now after this of help but i think yeah you are an incredible human being and you're as i said one of my event idols and yeah honored to have you on here today and thanks so much for sharing your your wisdom and and your wise words it means a lot thank you so more than much welcome that. thank you for the invite really appreciate it it's uh it's good to think and, and reflect like this. I actually found it a really, a really good exercise to do. Really good. So thank you very much. Oh, brilliant. I'm glad you've got something from it as well. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of One Up in Events with Nicola Root, I would love you to rate, review and subscribe. Apparently, it helps others know that we exist. I'd like to thank my amazing editor and producer, Emma Reevely my incredible social media manager, Anisha Meiju, and my amazing fiancé, Brooke Wanop, for creating the music introduction. And of course, a massive thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening. It means so much.